1: There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting, too much noise altogether. In silence, is strength and peace and space. Imagine, silent forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported Forrested and sponsored by Prost, Exercise for Prostate Cancer Incorporated, boys. a not for profit charity that set up in 2012 minute, by myself. Doctor Joe You want to know any more information about the Prost, including our online service now available, please just go to prost.com.au. Prost means cheers to your health. So, Prost. Where I want to call my home.
0: Welcome to the Penis Project podcast. So today we'd like to introduce you to Claire Erdley, who is the founder of the Kai Fallot Foundation, which she started in honour of her son, Kai. The whole purpose of this foundation is to prevent suicide in boys and build resilience and emotional muscle in men. It comes through a school-based program. She's an amazing lady. She's also a physiotherapist and the owner of a, of a business called Silas Physio. And today we're gonna to talk to her and hear her story. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks.
2: Bye.
1: am 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall. In the pub, in the tab, in the cars, we remember. Hi, this is Dr. Joey Milios, and today we're going to be speaking with Claire Eardley. And Claire set up a foundation in honour of her son, Kai. Way back in what year was it, Claire? Um 2016. 2016. So we're going to be having a bit of a discussion today about mental health in um, young men across the um, spectrum, and Claire's got a very um, moving story to to share with us, and we, we look forward to learning about Claire and her son, Kai. So Claire, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Melissa and I are just delighted to um, be speaking with you, so thank you for your time and your generosity. Claire, um, yeah, tell us a little it. bit about um, Kai and, and your
2: foundation. Okay. Um, So, Kai was my middle boy of three. Um, He was 20 years of age, um, studying physio, probably to all intents and purposes had the world at his feet. Um, Handsome, sporting, intelligent, um, but yeah, very troubled at at the same time. So, um, yeah, he unfortunately took his life on the 26th of July and in his honour, we've established the Kai Idley Foundation, which we've just sort of had a rebranding of Kai Fella, um, which is teaching boys about emotional resilience and trying to break down that male stereotype and, and allow boys to show some emotion and give them a voice. So that's what I feel is very important for our boys. Mm, and that's why we're here and that's why we're doing the the Penis
1: Project podcast, because the topic of men's health across the lifespan is we we always talk about it being 30 years behind women's health. And one of the things is boys and men not really knowing where to access help or how to express their feelings sometimes. And I know one of Claire's um, ambitions in her foundation is to run programs through schools. And this is something that I think is so vital to start talking about these things from early on. So, Claire, can you give us a little bit more enlightenment on on
2: your aspirations there in schools um yeah so Kyfella supports um a workshop called tomorrow man which was established in melbourne um by tom harkin and some of his crew over in victoria i saw them on a program called man up probably um, probably man up man up was the program um on the abc and i want to say it was three years ago Uh, no no it wasn't maybe two years ago or longer. More, no more than that. So it was before we lost Kai. So um, I then realised after we lost Kai and we had some money that we wanted to, we'd given some money to Beyond Blue. Yes. Um, obviously a great um, charity, great foundation, but we weren't really sure where the money was being spent. So um, in our hope to actually see the money be spent in WA and, and, and to the WA boys and youth around us, um, I approached Tom Harkin and said, I want to see Tomorrow Man um, come to WA and I want these workshops available to the boys well, in so schools. T- Tom Harkin was yep. the... He's the co-founder of Tomorrow Man in Victoria. So, All right. So how did you respond to your call or your contact? Um, look, I think when, you, when you've when call them on a personal level um, and tell them your story and tell them why that you want them to come... I, it, just must have engaged something within Mm. him and yeah he pretty much he wasn't able to come but his um partner Tom Bell actually came over and delivered in May 2017 um and so we delivered probably 15 workshops um initially they used to fly over and just come for a week and deliver into schools as many as they could and then they'd fly back to Victoria um so yeah um yeah, feels feel super, super honoured to be able to support Tomorrow Man for all those people that haven't actually had the opportunity to see the workshops there. Mm. Brilliant. Do you want to ask anything? Yeah. yeah.
0: So since you've been doing that in yeah. 2017, have yeah. has you got more programs going on in the schools now?
2: So we've probably, um, we just this year, I think Tomorrow Man nationally has, Um, delivered over all of Australia um, 650 workshops and reached probably 20,000 boys. Wow. Um, Within WA, I think we're probably up to about 200 workshops in WA and that's obviously only been, that's just this year in the last six months just because of COVID and Mm -hmm. they've been really inventive and gone to zoom workshops and all that sort of stuff but we've sort of been lucky enough in wa to still be able to get into schools um and and we've got a facilitator now that actually lives in wa okay and so, so someone's
0: done the training from over there and they live here they and live provide here now, the course yeah. and if you were a school teacher yeah and you wanted to access how yep. would they access your um, courses? so
2: there's so there's two ways they can either just they can just use um either if they look at on the Kaifella website, they'll get access to my email and I can put them through to the Tomorrow Man team. Um, I guess that's kind of been a little bit difficult. We've had lots of funds raised and people go, I want this to go to my son's school. And I think that's where it's a very fine line between what is sponsorship and what is actually a donation. So um, you just have to trust that your money is going to reach WA boys and it will go to the boys that need it. It may not go to your nephew or your grandson or exactly the school that you want but we will do our best to get into that school and there are some roadblocks there are some schools that are not interested in having a new style or a new approach mm-hmm. and are happy with the way that they're they're dealing with in their their own words their mental health stuff so we can't mm-hmm. get into every school but that is our goal so back to your story
0: and what drove you to do this um, how old was Kai when you discovered that he
2: had had these issues um, so Kai had Kai was a spirited young man, um, <laughs> with an invitation, he had an invitation to change schools at 14, so the typical year nine difficult year for boys full of testosterone and pushing life's boundaries, so he probably experienced his first bout of anxiety in year nine when he changed schools, so he went, um, from CBC to Aquinas and finished his schooling at Aquinas, and, um, I don't think he ever really... He wasn't really sure where he fit. He didn't know whether he was a CBC boy or an Oh Aquidian. really? Mm. What was what was the change of the schools all about? Was it a scholarship thing? Or? No, no, it was. Um, no, he was deemed to be you know part of the naughty crew. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's kind of asked to move on. Asked to move on. So invite, <laughs> okay. it was an Cheeky boy. invitation yeah. to change schools, which yep. at the time broke my heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's not a lot you can do when you yep. libel the deputy headmaster and, say, and he tells you he doesn't want your child okay. in his school. So um, mm. he was invited to move on. Um, invited to move on. I like
1: that phrase. but yep. I've actually not come across it. sounds mm. very English, yep. but uh, no. Uh, it's actually yep. quite
2: common. You don't, want, you don't want it to be offered to your child. No, okay. You want yep. them to try and fulfil their yep. schooling. Yep. And I have to say, sadly, for those five boys that were part of Kai's cohort that yep. were all invited to move on, it didn't do any of them any favors. Uh, so okay. I actually think that like the pastoral care and the support needs to start, you know, and that's why our programs do start in year nine and year ten. Great. Because um, yeah. that's the time when boys are experiencing a huge change and flux in testosterone and trying to work out where they fit in in the world. Um, and and all of all of my beliefs are all really anecdotal and they're all based on my personal experience. So I can't say that I've got proof of what my beliefs are but
0: you're right I mean the age 14 for girls and boys is a difficult time you know it's where you're not really an adult you're not really a kid yeah
2: your hormones
0: are running mad like it is it is a a difficult time yeah
2: and and I think a lot of the thing that I felt with Kai is um we put a lot of services in place to try and help him and the thing that he lacked was a voice and the thing that Tomorrow Man are all about is Giving boys a voice, and and it's actually a peer based interactive programme. So, a lot of <clears throat> some of the the higher up um, private boys' schools are all really keen for us to be offering um, education to parents and mothers and fathers. But my understanding is that 14 and 15, you don't want no more your dad, you actually just want your mate to understand. And yep. so, that's why you know, I was that we were putting everything that we could in place for Kai, and, and we weren't the right people, so all he actually needed was a voice and so that's what tomorrow morning is about mm-hmm. giving boys the skills and the tools just to be able to ask the question and, and speak up and to say that they're not feeling too well and to show some emotion so um yeah it's
0: I think it's I see a lot of young boys in one of the clinics I work in and I just think it's such a difficult thing for them to reach out and get help yeah and often it's the mums who bring them along and then they you know <clears throat> it's so hard they, they don't know where to go
2: Well, half the problem... So I I believe that I raised the boys sort of the same um, and to be independent. But then it kind of didn't work in Kai's favour because he would be taking himself off to the doctor to discuss the fact that he wasn't travelling so well, but then you can't really find the words to articulate it when you're 19, when Mm -hmm. you look like life should be perfect and you're actually going into the GP and saying, you know... I'm not sleeping, Uh, you know, I'm not coping, I'm I'm having anxiety attacks, and uh, I'm not saying that the GP wasn't, we didn't actually have a a singular GP that could have said, this boy's not travelling well, so I could see it, I could look, I could could see it a mile away, so then I almost, when I want to say emasculated him, I stepped in and said, look, you're coming to my GP enough is enough Mm -hmm. you know the antidepressants that you're taking it's not working you know they can't just be offering telling you to go out and do 25 minutes of exercise to try and cheer yourself up i can see that you're in the world's biggest hole Mm -hmm. so yeah you know i went to my GP, i got the mental health plan i got the referral to the to the psychiatrist um so when you think you've got all the services put in place for your child and and you actually haven't because you haven't given them the voice which is yeah, that's a really worried.
0: good point. And I just think it's so difficult as well to for a GP because you really tr- struggle. Like I'm a nurse practitioner, but I see lots of people with depression. I get lots of referrals from Especially space.
1: students down Frio yeah, where you work. Yeah, because yeah. I'm in
0: Frio I see lots of um, university students. And sometimes, to be honest, if the young man or woman comes in and their parents have private health, yeah. you go, oh, I can get you a service within a few weeks. Yeah. But if they don't, it's just like you want to cry yourself because yeah. it's like you know that the services are so... The people in them are fantastic, but just trying to get access to them is yeah. just so difficult. And then I think as you're right, like, because they're young adults, you can't involve the parents, but you really want to because a 19-year-old boy or girl isn't really mature enough when they're depressed to deal with it, but you legally can't
2: involve the parents. Yeah. and yeah. So It's so just
0: it's, such a circle mm, of hard difficult, difficulties. Yeah, it's
2: a really difficult road to navigate. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, yeah I don't really know what the answers the voice you said Kai didn't really have a voice
1: and I'm just hearing you say that a couple of times so wondering
2: where and how we encourage that voice um well I think a lot of what tomorrow man talk about is they're not saying that boys actually don't know. Um... They don't know how to speak, but what they're saying is that you need to foster the environment or create the environment yeah. whereby the boys feel that it's safe to speak, and and that's a, yeah. a lot what happens within those peer based sure. workshops that they do. So yeah. it's actually, it exposes that when you actually do show, show some emotion and you do let your friends in, that they actually see that as an act of strength, not as an act of weakness. Uh-huh. Um, so their the workshops are quite powerful and it, it's really tricky to, for me to try and I mean I've sat through one um, and, and it is you know it's difficult for you to know from, for me to try and tell you how yeah. powerful the workshop is when sure. you haven't I'm just reading
1: this a little um, spiel on your kai fella um, website and I'd just like to say for for those listening it's k a i fella f e w l a suicide prevention foundation so just reading um, just a little bit of spiel you have on here let's break male gender stereotypes and help them build emotional responses in boys and for example with your donation kayfella can deliver engaging and immersive workshops in school settings where boys can talk about their challenges without any judgment the workshops will provide them with strategies to build resilience with peer support and i think that's what we're looking for um, I'd really like to just play the ad now. It's just a 30-second commercial. I think if we um, just get that sort of voice being heard right now, we'll just play that 30-second commercial that's on your website. Just, just have space and I'll put it in so we're just going to...
0: There once was a boy named can, Kai who struggled to, with his feelings inside. inside, so he kept them locked out. within a box oh. in the hope that they would hide. We'll put it in properly. But out. the more he put inside the box, oh. the bigger it grew and the heavier it got. As Kai's box increased in size, so did the darkness behind his eyes. There so once was a good. boy named Kai. Mm. Kai Feller Foundation helps young men unbox their feelings, to build emotional muscles and break off. gender yeah. stereotypes, mm. preventing suicide. Visit kaifeller.com.au
2: So breaking gender stereotypes. Yeah. Which I think is, is the stereotype that, you know, boys don't cry, boys have to be tough. You know, we we raise our boys. I mean, I probably did it myself, you know, if you fall over, get up, you know, don't cry, you'll be fine, rub it off, carry on with your day. Um, and that whole stereotype of, of bravado and boys not showing emotion is probably the undoing of, of a few of the problems. So mm. it's actually trying to rewind that stereotype and show boys that it's actually okay to have emotion and and to and to show not necessarily a feminine side but a side that's probably that it's okay to be vulnerable yeah it's okay to be vulnerable it's actually and it's okay not to be okay yeah this is a lovely like this
1: really resonates with me as a physiotherapist too claire help them build emotional muscles together we can help boys build emotional muscles so they can go through their lives with resilience let boys cry when they need to the foundation focus is on breaking um, macho gender stereotypes.
2: So building emotional muscles is such a great, great yeah, use well, of probably, words. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a lot. A lot of the Tomorrow Man words, but I think the way that they're actually able to um, engage with the boys is that a lot of the boys are into, you know, they're wanting to look good. They understand the gym concept. They understand yeah. what happens when they train muscles. Yeah. They understand that if they do a workout, things are going to ache and it's it's going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. but if oh, they don't. Good. But the first time that they actually engage in their emotional muscles, it's going to give them, it's going to be strange, it's going to make their heads feel funny because it's the first time that they've actually Mm. tried to do that. So it's by exercising what they would term is this emotional muscle that they'll actually get better at doing it. How clever is that?
0: It's such a good analogy, Mm. isn't it? Mm. Can I just ask you a question that you've mentioned before? Mm. You touched on about how you brought all three of your boys up the same yeah. way yeah. and this is something I've often thought about like you know there's a real kind of thing in families that you know if one child goes to a school they all have to go there or you bring one child up one way and yeah. you bring them up and I think there's a book I love called The Love Languages, The Five yeah, yeah, Love the Languages five yeah, yeah. and we are, I always use that in relationship counselling yeah. but I think it also applies to our children yeah. at, about how different kids need different parenting and that's so hard as a parent.
2: And, and I think yeah you know hindsight's a beautiful thing and if I'd have been given <laughs> You know, my time again, I wouldn't have sent Kai to the same school that Cam went to. So, you know, as he was an adolescent, you know, he would, my oldest boy had, you know, they were all great sportsmen. Cam was lucky enough to get an opportunity to go over East and play footy. And, um, you know, I didn't realise that in Kai's eyes, it was all about Cam. You yeah, know? Um, yeah. I thought that I was, treat you know, I treated them all equally, but he must have just heard me talking about, uh, well, it was his perception of of that Cam. Oh, it, you know, Cam's the AFL player. You know, I'm just the middle child. I'm you know mm. a poor non achiever because I haven't made the AFL. Um, yeah, gosh. You, are,
1: you can't predict that as a parent But he probably got you.
0: that at school a bit too. You know, so, his big brother. Is it his that, big brother was the was legend? It, yeah, you exactly. know? well, you
2: know, so Cam was the first. Kai followed it. So Kai followed in his footsteps. But then they even did the same to Joey, who, you know, I would have said that. The gene pool throws out different children. The first two resembled antelopes. <laughs> like Joey, Joey probably resem- resembled more... A kangaroo. A, no, a hippopotamus. <laughs> a hippopotamus. He doesn't now. He's, I mean, he went from being a you know, prepubescent round 13-year-old to this lean, mean 21-year-old now. Yeah,
0: he's on the website. Um, he doesn't look like a hippopotamus.
2: But <laughs> Not they would at have, all. But they would have asked it. So BC, had someone, maybe. say, <laughs> so would have asked him in his year six interview, you know, can you run like your brothers? Oh, the, gosh. The, bro, the boys were excellent runners. Yeah. And I just sat there looking at this deputy who'd obviously broken my heart with the fact that he'd invited Kai to leave his school. Yeah. And I felt like, going, does he look like he can run like his brothers, you know? And little Joey's eyes would have welled up with tears. Oh. And he went, um, no, I can't run like my brothers, but I play rugby. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. I'm good at something else like yeah. art or something. And then I just thought, you know,
2: here they are. They're all getting compared, you know. Supposedly we're building our children up, to, you know, for all yeah. of them to be able to excel at their own indiv- individual le- levels. And, um, yeah, the school was just comparing all the early boys, you know, mm. and it was like, can you play footy like your brothers? Can you run like your brothers? Mm. And and Kai, you know, Cam would have said it. There's a, there was an interview that happened probably um, two years ago. You know, he was the, Cam would have said about Kai, he was the smartest, he was the most handsome, and he was the naughtiest. You know? <laughs> oh. That's that's Cam's take on his brother, you know. So, yep, yep. Um, but Kai was also so humble, so he didn't he didn't recognise his own brilliance. He didn't understand that he was like a little shining star, mm. and that's sort of where that inner perception of of self worth probably just didn't marry up with what the external world was seeing of him. So. But it's
0: so important for I think us as a society and those school principals and people to realise that these things we say, kind of just in passing, actually have a real effect and that people that are from the same family are very different
2: oh yeah yeah so yeah so put you know given my time again yeah I would have tried to tailor the school to the child rather than just going you're all going to CBC because it's local and it's convenient and it's down the road Mm. and and it works yeah so um yeah he Kai had more difficulties he had to get up earlier he had to get his own way to school he had to get the school bus you know the other boys could just walk school mm. know, it's all a little bit more trying for him yeah
1: and so then kind moved on to study physiotherapy yeah. and you know you you're a physiotherapy self yeah. i am too yeah did he enjoy the physiotherapy did you find that that was for him
2: or um you know he was the sensitive one and he would have said to me when he was growing up you yeah, know i'm gonna be a physio mum because i'm gonna help you okay um
1: he was looking out for you yeah he <laughs> wow. really
2: did yeah yeah um, yeah, and I, you know, I half wondered whether when he went to study physio, whether he was really doing it because he wanted to, or just because he thought that he needed to help me. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and he struggled. You know, he was, he was the child that um, he had to know a hundred percent of it. You know, like physio throw a lot of content at you in your first in your first year.
1: I was. Um, my me and physiotherapy did not gel for the first three years. Study, study, study. I'm always better talking with people, but yeah. it's a full-on course. and So he wanted precious to know, yeah. yeah.
2: And I used to say to him, you don't have to know it all, mate. You just have to know 60%, you know. You don't, yeah. you don't have to You don't have to understand every last concept of everything that I need. I need
0: my daughter to listen to you say <laughs> that exact sentence. <laughs> Melissa's, <laughs> daughter's
2: a, Melissa's daughter's
1: a medical student
2: at the moment.
1: Yeah.
0: And mm. she's about that same thing. So I always say P's get degrees, but yeah. these kids don't um, realise that. So
2: he had really, really – so they were all – I don't think that it was an expectation that I put on him to exceed and perform. I think he had a very high internal level of achievement that he wanted to make and and yeah, and felt a very high level of internal pressure to, to succeed and if he wasn't if he wasn't getting, you know, eighties and ninety percents, which is really hard when you get up to the fifty. He had very level. high expectations on himself by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, you know no. He, you know, he studied his little ass off, he got a hiator, you know, mm. everybody was really super surprised, the other boys, you know, I never saw them open a textbook all the way through year 12, um, Kai studied really hard, he, yeah. he wanted to do well, mm. and, and he did. He did, um, yeah. But at the detriment of his own happiness, so, yeah, you
1: know. Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, logo, the the Lane. skateboarding and the rainbow, because that, that's yeah. just just so magical to me. I see rainbows everywhere since I met yeah. you.
2: Um. Yeah, so um, shortly after Kai died, which was the July, um, well, it was on the day that, it wasn't actually the day that he died, but it was the last day that we went to see him at um, the funeral parlour, there was just a massive double rainbow um, on the road as we were driving home. And then on the day of his funeral, there was just a huge huge rainbow over the top of my house. Wow. Um, And it literally looked like... It finished into the chimney part of my house. Um, at exactly the same time, the rainbow containers were being built, and people were just noticing the funeral, the rainbows that were, were around in, in the August yeah. and the rainbow containers. And then I saw a little meme on Facebook that was um, by an artist, which is sort of where our logo comes from, which said when you see a rainbow on a skateboard, you know that it's going to be a pretty good day.
1: Wow! And
2: Kai was a skater, so yeah. it just seemed like a skating rainbow was the perfect logo um, for what we wanted, and we got permission from the artist, who's a guy over in Canada, to to use the rainbow skateboard, wow. and that's sort of where Kai fellow was born. So,
1: and you know, hmm. we know we went for a walk along the beach, and um, Claire and I met recently at a professional development day, and I said, let's go for a walk. I just want to chat to you, and you know, we 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 had a we spent two or three hours walking on the beach, and you said you know there's rainbows everywhere, and from that day forward, <laughs> there is. Yeah. I see rainbows. I'm walking uh, along the street, and you see the sprinklers, and you see rainbows in the sprinklers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see um, – I just went to the post office shop, and literally there was a card with a rainbow on it, and it didn't have a message in it so I could write my own. But
2: there's rainbows everywhere. Yeah. Do you, do you tell me about the rainbows you see? Um, look, I'll see them – yeah, I mean, people send me pictures of wherever whenever they see a rainbow, and mm. it's almost I almost feel like he you know Kai's almost trying to tell me something. it might be at a time when you know I'm struggling or you know not having the best day, and then all of a sudden you'll just see you know the whole sky light up. So on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, there was just the biggest pink sky and a huge rainbow just over the back of his <laughs> Rio. and yeah, yeah, I guess it's just one way of thinking, you know if if you, you know, I can be the crazy lady that can, can believe in rainbows, you know, people can have their own beliefs, whether it's religion or, or otherwise, but it, it's nice to, to think that there's some external but, force. Yeah. And, and I,
1: I, I feel comfort from that too, that sort of thing as well. Um, it just so happens today's, um, the sixth year anniversary of my own grandmother passing away and, you know, I just see roses in her rose garden and that's my comfort thing. And, um, yeah, I just had some tough times with my own son recently, but I've been going to her garden and, Cutting down her roses and like a crazy woman, I'm just giving everyone roses yeah. from my nana's garden because because going through challenging times, this this cause of comfort from nature as well. It's free and you can access yeah. it and people can see it and
2: feel it as well. Yeah, mm. we, I mean we've had quite a few um, fundraising events and like really uncanny strange things will happen. So it can be a beautiful sunny day and then all of a sudden there'll be a shower and a rainbow and an event and and people will go, oh my god, he's here! And I was like, yeah, he, you know. Yeah. It last I think last year it was the Duke Street um, or the George Street Festival. You know, it mm-hmm. happens in December I love 4th. that festival. Um, mm-hmm. And I told the girl, look, Karen Dore, that organised it. I was like, you know, she said, would you like a stall? And I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you, it will probably rain on that day. And it bucketed down. It <laughs> was the 4th of December and you wouldn't think that you were going to have, like, a huge storm. And then it cleared and it was fine. It must be happening this weekend, isn't it? It is it yeah. its yeah. this weekend, yeah. Oh, we've got yeah. to go. Uh, yeah. So...
0: Another question I'd really like to ask is your son, your other two sons, like yep. how do they feel now that it's all about Kai because um, you're organising, because this is, you know. I mean, it's fantastic. It's all about everyone's boys. But, yeah. you know, how do they feel about being involved and getting on with all of this? Um,
2: so Joey was 16 when um, we lost Kai and has um, just a really great 16-year-old. He's 21 now but has a really great 16-year-old attitude towards towards his relationship with Kai um, Cam, I think probably, you know, I don't want to speak on his behalf, but I think he feels more of a sense of, um, almost like it was his duty to look after Kai and that he's Aww. actually almost failed in a, in a sense Aww. as the older brother that wasn't there and, we, you know, we Because he was doing AFL in Melbourne, was it? He'd actually just come back. Yeah, right. Um, but I think it's just, you know, the older brother and. Yeah. They protect him. The, yep. Yeah. You know not why were not we there, but, you know, the, the sense of responsibility or duty that maybe you have as the older sibling and, and mm. a slight, not failing. But I think, um, yeah, in, in their own private ways, I think they're still really proud um, of the work that we're doing and I think they would probably like to honour Kai as much as I would and, and to have his name... Yeah, um, remembered. Remembered, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the funny thing with Kai because, you know, he would be mortified to think... <laughs> <laughs> We've called a foundation after him. <laughs> and, um, you know, people ask why Kyfella, um well, that was his nickname. That's, you know, a lot of kids get their names abbreviated, but we actually lengthened his. So uh,
1: feller Yeah. yeah. He, he just
2: kind of referenced himself as Kyfeller and that's who he was as he was growing up. So, um, yeah, no, I think I, I do know that both the boys are secretly very happy for, for all the work that we're doing, and they do come along to the events. And, yeah. Um, you know it's hard to talk about it's it's a difficult topic nobody really wants to talk Mm -hmm. about suicide um but i think it's it's exposed a degree of strength in them that they can actually tell their mates about mental health and 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 be that person so i think their own lived experience and
1: and the strength that they maybe have that they didn't even know they had you know to help others sometimes in you know quite vulnerable times as well yeah
0: Well, it's an amazing thing that you're doing for other people's sons, you know, because, you know, it's terrible that you have to go through such tragedy to help other people, but, you know, it does give some sort of reason, doesn't it, all those other families out there that you're potentially helping? And I
2: think, you know, I've said it a a few times before, you know, it's not going to change history for me, but if it helps one family, if it helps one boy, then, you know, I'll see it that we've done a good good job. Um, You know, speaking from a physio perspective... You know, you can't count the number of boys that you do save because they're the boys that don't fall through the holes. and It's like a falls prevention program, you know, we don't count as physios. (laughs) The people that don't fall over, we look at balance and we look at other Mm. reactions. So we're we're trying to rate boys' happiness and we just need to see more happy boys um, and more boys that are able to reach out, really. So
1: on that word happy, we had a little chat before this podcast recording and you said, You've had a wonderful um, man called Dan Sweet. Oh, yeah. Happiness and sweet, those words come together.
2: Tell us what Dan's done for your organisation. So Dan has taken – we've been um, a charity um, in our own right just for the last 18 months, um, which was was a a difficult hoop to jump through with the ACNC and to get charitable status. Um, we've got a board and we're official and we've got tax deductions and you know you get all the gift receipt the receipts when you, you make a donation um, but I guess um, Dan came on as a board member in October probably of last year and has just really taken the ball by the horns to take us into our sort of or shot us into a corporate environment so um, we're looking at getting corporate sponsorship more exposure growing growing the community word I suppose so I mean freemantle and east freemantle and, and my crew of people have been amazing in supporting me but i can't keep no i can't yep. keep draining that little <laughs>
1: <mission> <laughs> pond anymore i think yeah. i've
2: done it you know i've i've sort of asked every person i know to buy a t-shirt or a mug or a hat <laughs> i've, or I've, I've done that with prost yeah. moustaches and things um, like that yeah so i think you've really got to accept when you you've sort of you know um drained your pond so to speak and that you need to look into a bigger a bigger ocean and, and look for more help and that's what he's basically growing our word and we've got, um, you know, a very professional marketing and advertising team to support us now um, and and SBS and Nova have got behind us and are donating all this time. So if anybody watches SBS and listens to Nova, look out for our little advert. That's so you got a $50,000
1: donation or so, grant, so was a it? a grant
2: from both Nova and SBS for $50,000 worth of airtime. That's, no, that's not a small amount, No, you know. so, um, yeah, like these are things that, you know, you would never have hoped for. I just, you know, it's bigger than my wildest dreams, but taking the taking the charity to the next level um, will require a little bit more work on my behalf and, and probably to move away a little bit from the physio world that I live in. And...
1: Yeah. Well, well, the fact that you're having this podcast chat with us, we've actually growing our profile of we're getting some quite, we're getting some good numbers. I will say personalities as well, that P word, personalities. Mm-hmm. So, so. I'm really just wondering, Claire, if you don't mind, sort of as we wrap up, how would you like us to help you? What can we do? What What's in your dreams for your, you know, foundation? For the foundation. Um, your rainbow. My, yeah.
2: um, look, I suppose, you know, half of... The big thing when you're actually looking at charities and fundraising is, um, half of it is exposure of your, of who you are and why you're doing it. So the more people that are prepared to talk about suicide, the more people that are prepared to, to, you know, say, have you heard of what Kyfeller is doing or, um, or even send our, you know, direct people to our website, um, obviously so what is
0: your website tell us
2: <laughs> so we we're simply just dot .au
0: and you can donate directly on yeah, the website do- you or donate. you can buy t-shirts or cups or hats
2: um, <laughs> because I organise the merch and I'm rubbish at it. Um, it all you have to do is just contact me my emails on the bottom if you're interested in any of the merch um We will be putting the merch back on the website. It just got a little bit overwhelming for me. um, You need a merchandising officer. I do. Okay. What do you need? You need a student or someone? Uh, Um... I just need to, to spend a little bit more time on the charity and not just try and juggle it in the background. So yeah, but
1: that's... we need we need people to help as well. So, so any yeah.
2: board person out there that is good with
0: merchandise, Especially we need they a,
2: like skateboarding we need and a rainbows.
0: volunteer merch officer here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, in Fremantle. <laughs> so, yeah, so half of it is, is just getting the word out there and then obviously the other half is, is raising the money to allow us to deliver the workshops. So um, as, as people know us more, the dollars will come. So, you know, sometimes you might have a fundraising event and you may not raise the money that you thought you would, but you're basically raising the awareness or the profile of mm. the charity and, and with that raised awareness will come the dollars. They will come eventually. Um,
1: well, Melissa, I've got a question for you. you you've you been our IT expert in the, in our podcast. That is a joke. We, I am we, not an we, expert. We are actually two fluffy girls who really <laughs> don't know anything about IT or microphones as you just saw before we got in here. Um, but, but we really want to know what it is that makes that conversation like you were happy to come and talk to us yeah we have how many downloads now Melissa
0: I don't know it was over a 1500 of about a week and a half ago
1: yeah so that's that's oh the, no thats
0: subscribers. subscribers more downloaders I don't know so we
1: <laughs> only we've, we've only we've started from scratch in September prostate cancer awareness month and then it was November mm-hmm. um, awareness month and that's all about men's health but you know we spoke to Craig Allingham last week physiotherapist and he said why should we just have one month Mm-hmm. celebrating men and men's health. So um, that's why that's why we're here to discontinue that conversation. And uh, suicide you know is such a stigma for many years, you know they wouldn't even address you know these in in the media. Nowadays we have Lifeline at the end of every second story, it mm-hmm. seems. But um.
2: I mean, even if you look at how how suicides are um, recorded, even in newspapers and on the news, they'll never they'll just say that the death was not suspicious. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they'll give you the Lifeline info at the end. And I think, you know, that stigma attached with suicide and thinking that you're actually going to get some copycatting and some increase in suicide rates, it dates back to something that happened in the sixties. Yeah. I think we've moved on a lot further than. Yeah the newspaper reporting and and the copycatting that maybe happened in the 60s we've Mm. got a different social media world and a different world where news is you know you can google somebody's name and and find out information about them at the drop of you're so right thank
0: you so much claire for coming i'd love it's just been so wonderful for you to do this and it's such a wonderful thing for you to do for other families and Mm. so thank you and we will have the link to the kai website on our show notes (laughs) and there will be the link to the donation on the website and on the show notes Okay. Thank you
2: so much, ladies.
1: <laughs> and next time you see a rainbow, let's think a Kai.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. And can we all just note that we're still giggling despite the fact we're talking about a very serious subject? Thank
1: you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Dr. Joe here. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We aim to release one podcast per fortnight, so please keep in touch so you know when new podcasts are being released. Also, be sure to check out the show notes below so that we can all keep the conversation going. Yeah. Smoking bark in a cubby up a tree. Try to ignore the of a light. We don't want to go